thing. Genesis chapter 13, I'd like to read this chapter. It won't take us long. It's just 18 verses. And uh, we're going to get a little context on this man called Lot. Lot was a father. But uh, scripturally, he was not a good father. But he was a saved father. He was saved. The Bible says that Lot was righteous. I personally was sharing this with Brother Will. I personally think that Lot was the perfect example of the days Laodicean Christian. I really do. If you say, well, yeah, I'd love to see what a Laodicean Christian is. I believe it's Lot. Lot would give you a perfect picture of today's Laodicean Christian. And I'll get into it, but you think about this while I'm preaching. You think about Lot. He had zero tolerance for the friends of God. The Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God. They got into a strife. And so Lot had zero tolerance for the friend of God who was going to stay in church, stay at Bethel, stay living the good God's life that he wanted him to live. But he had all kinds of tolerance, the Bible says, for the wicked men down in Sodom. And I believe that's exactly where we are today with modern Christianity. They'll have all the tolerance in the world for the wickedness that's in this world. But when it comes to another brother or sister in Christ that decides just to live uh, the old-fashioned way, all of a sudden they have zero tolerance for that. Well, if you're trying to look for a people group that that might fit into, it'll be lots. He says here, and Abram went up out of Egypt, and he said, uh, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Bethel means house of God, if you're wondering. House of God. Unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanites and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram... He dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look 
from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you now. Lord, help us today on this Father's Day, and we thank you for our godly fathers. We thank you for uh, fathers that are fathers that think and can consider and help us to be considering fathers today and not be like Lot. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. To bring you up into speed about, about how I'm thinking about this this morning, uh, Lot, as I said earlier, was a saved man. And uh, that you would find in Second Peter chapter 2, about verse 7. And he said, but I want you to understand that uh, uh, there's a couple of verses I want you to uh, draw your attention to. I thought I'd written them down. I guess I didn't. It must have escaped me. I got the ones in Second Peter. I'll ad-lib them. The one is about when Jesus gave that uh, uh, parable about the two men. The one man built his house upon the rock. The other man built his house upon the sand. And then the rains of life and the storms of life and the winds blew and and the streams rose and beat upon that house well the house that was built upon the rock it was able to withstand the storms of life now the man that was unconsiderate that didn't think that it was important to build on a solid foundation he built upon sifting sand and that sand is a type of relative truth or relative thinking uh, or modern thinking of the day it's not been tested it's not been tried and so when the storms beat against it it was destroyed but then there was another parable that he talked about when a king goes to war uh, or when a man goes to build a building, he will first sit down and consider the cost on what it's going to cost him to make sure that he has enough money to finish the projects. Years ago, when we was just up there, this last time we was up north, years ago this man, and they told me he owned a heating and air conditioning business, and you can still see this project going on there on 52 as you're heading towards Brookville, and uh, he was supposedly rich, and he just started building a house, a big house, and I'm going back for almost 30 years now, and that house is still not done, still not done. And, uh, they, and, and he, he wanted to build it out of the surplus money in his pocket. And he just wanted to build it as he was going along. He didn't even get a building permit, so he had to fight that. But here it is sitting, and I don't think that house is ever going to get done. And the Bible says that a man that's like that, that will not sit down and consider the cost, is a fool. It's foolish. It's foolish. And, and again, that's, this kind of goes along with what I said this morning about taking up a love offering. I wanted a number that uh, I could take before the Lord and pray, but I wanted a number to give you on what we're expecting to bring in because that'll be sure and cover us for the playground equipment and having it installed, which we need around $2,000. 
Why? Because we've sat down and considered the cost. Brother Dennis did that legwork for me. And they're, they're, they're out there on vacation, but he, he did that legwork. We got a picture of that thing running around or somewhere with the price and we can order it. They'll deliver it, so on and so forth. And then we'll have to have someone install that and that's okay. But we think we need around $2,000. At least that's the number I'm going with. But we've sat and we've considered the cost. And why is we didn't want to just get started on it, having not considered the cost of completion, because we'd look foolish. And here this morning, Lot is a perfect example of a foolish father because it looks to me like he was impulsive, uh, that he never considered, uh, never stopped to think about what his decisions we're going to cost him down the road. And as fathers, I would want to admonish you this morning uh, that before you make decisions, that you take some time uh, and pray about it and take some time to meditate upon it and take some time to consider what you're doing. I know people have asked me as a pastor of this church, you know, uh, why do you do what you do and why do you not do what you do? And I said, well, one of the things... One of the questions that I ask myself before I make a decision is, where will this take us in 20 years? Where will this take us? If I, if I allow this, where would that get us in 20 years from now? Would we be closer to God? Would we be closer to be Christ-like? Or would we be more like Sodom? Would we look more like the world? That's why I didn't catch up and get in on the smoke and beers guys and the laser lights and the big show and take the pulpit out and put a, a small pulpit or a glass pulpit and, and, and emphasize the, the music and the show and the choreography and all this. And you say, why? Because. I don't think that'll take us in the right decision in, in right direction in 20 years. That's why. I'm real careful with that. And I'm careful about how to set up and build us back. I want to make sure that we build this church back on the solid rock, on tried and true principles, meaning that if it was right a hundred years ago, it will still be right today. If it was wrong a hundred years ago, then it's still wrong today. And you need to take some time to consider that. And I do not think that Lot took much time to consider these things. I believe that Lot did not take the time to consider the cost of a little family strife. You see here in verse 8, he said he, he got into a family strife, a family squabble. Now the Bible is clear to tell you that Abram was rich. He had cattle, he had gold, he had silver, he had tents. And Lot there in verse 5, he had uh, flocks and herds and tents. And so the land was not able to contain both of them. And the reason that was is because Lot, I believe he had it in his mind that he thought Abram would take some of his sheep and some of his cattle. And, and of course, there was grazing. They were free grazers. And their grass is important when you have flocks and herds. But notice, Lot did not get mad at the Canaanite and the Perizzite. The Lord said they were, they were dwelling there too. They had flocks and they had herds. He wasn't mad at them. He didn't get angry at them. He didn't have strife with them. He had strife with his uncle Lot's. Or Uncle Abram. 
And I don't think he considered the cost of that family strife. I believe this cost him, not today, not tomorrow, but 15, 20 years down the road because we know what the last end of Lot was. And I'll get to that at the end of the message. When you continually make the wrong decisions, and let me put it like this, little sins lead to big sins. Little compromises lead to big disasters you got to be careful and consider. You see, Lot didn't think it was any problem to argue over a little stuff. God had given this land, if you remember, to Abram. He didn't give it to Lot. He had given it to Abram. Abram had brought Lot along. Lot lost his father early. God come down there and called Abraham. I, I literally believe the Lord walked down there in the earth of the Chaldees, according to Galatians. And it says that the Lord told Abram about Jesus. That's what Galatians chapter 3 says. And Abram believed him. And then the Lord says, now I want you to get up out of the Ur of the Chaldees. They were idolaters. And I want to take you to the land of Canaan. And Abram packed everything up. Uh, but he, then he took uh, Haran and he took Lot. Because Lot's dad had died. Which would have been Abram's brother. Felt sorry for him. They were kind of close. And so Lot didn't have anything. And so they took off to the land of Canaan. So Lot had been invited as a guest. And because God was blessing Abram, you say, why do you keep switching back for the Abram and Abraham? Because Abram's name was changed to Abraham, the father of many nations, but it was also known as Abram. And that's why I'm teaching that he had, uh, the early name was Abram, and then he changed it to Abraham. He did Jacob the same way. Jacob, and then he changed his name to Israel after wrestling with the angel of the Lord there. Here's the point I wanted to make on this subject is I think Lot thought God was blessing him because he was somebody. But Lot got blessed because God was blessing Abraham and the overflow blessings that fell over from Abraham, Lot was able to get. What I'm saying is, Abram was a cup. And as his cup ran over from the blessings of God, Lot was a saucer. Meaning that God didn't bless him no more when he chose to leave Abram over a little strife. Now, this Bible also says that Abram was the friend of God. And if I want to sound a warning to fathers and to Christians, you be careful. If someone, especially if they're a friend of God, and you know they're a friend of God, about coming into strife with them, having a little conflict with them, and not having enough grace and charity to accept them, because God accepted Abram, to walk away from that because God might be blessing you because you're friending them. After all, God did say to Abram, I'll bless them that bless thee and I'll curse them that curse you. 
Lot never got no more blessings after he chose to leave Abram. I believe Lot was angry because he was ungrateful. Everything he had had been given to him. But he was ungrateful. And he wasn't going to take the chance of sharing one cow with Abram. And really, if you want to get truthful, he didn't want to share grass, which nobody owned. That's how silly he was. They were arguing over grazing rights is what was going on. The land, when he says the land couldn't contain them, I, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's real important if you have cattle and sheep, you need two things, grass and water. You need a lot of water, a lot of grass to feed them. And so it would be important. You can't overgraze a section. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was watching the doctor poll. I like watching that. And, and there's a lot of people that come in with their sheep and with their cattle and they're sick. And this hit me, and I don't know if it to be true or not, but most every case, they're full of parasites. And I, I know Dr. Poe, says, well, you, you've got too many sheep or too many cattle in such a small area, and they're having to eat where they use the bathroom. And so they're infesting themselves with parasites, and it kind of hit me. That's why they were free grazers over here. They didn't have fences. I'm not saying tear your fences down. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you might need to worm your cattle and, <laughs> and stuff like that if you, if you got them inside of fences. But my point is, you, you'd want them to eat in fresh grass. And so if you got the Perizzites and the Canaanites, and then you got Abraham, he was really rich. He had a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep. It would become a problem. So he got mad. I don't believe that he ever considered the cost of a little family strife. And that long-term effect on parting ways with the friend of God. Now you could preach this and I could probably just stay on that point about the Christians I've known. And I was thinking about it as I was doing my praying this week. Uh, in my mind, it was just running about people. People in my life that has broken fellowship with me, but I was more so thinking about the people that broke fellowship with my father as he pastored a church. And I can name them. I can go down and name them. They're not married no more. They've lost their families. They've lost their jobs. And they're just barely getting by. You say, why? Well, I believe my dad's a friend of God. <laughs> I, believe, I believe God would claim my father. My father's been faithful. I know where my dad is this morning. He's, he's teaching the adult Sunday school class over there at Hope Baptist Church. And he's going to be in church. He'll probably play the piano unless Leah does it. Because Leah's doing a good job now. But I know where he's at. And he's doing the same thing the day that he was doing when I was about five or six years old. He's preaching it the same way. He's teaching it the same way. And I'm going to tell you, he's still living the same way. There's a lot of people that aren't. And I've seen people come at him. And I've seen people that got a little strife. And got a little sideways with how he preached and how he taught. And how he stood on the word of God. And I've watched those people as they parted ways. Uh, what's happened to them? My dad has, oh pappy, he has a phrase. Sometimes in life you just, you see people doing certain things and you really can't. You don't know for sure where that's going to go. And so my pappy, he has, he has this phrase, and I can see him say it because he, he's had this conversation with me many times. He said, well, 
I guess we'll just have to hide and watch and see how that pans out. But I'm telling you, son, I think they're going down the wrong path. I, I remember years ago, and I've, I've told you before, but I'll tell you again. Uh, we were sitting in a Bible-believing church. Bible-believing, independent Baptist, started right church. And there was people sitting in that church that did not like the fact that my mom and dad homeschooled us. And Christian school, they didn't like it. And they voiced that and said, we think you're doing your children a disservice because they're not getting socialization. That's, a, that's why I got more than one kid. There's seven of them. They're a tribe. And we were. We were an Indian tribe. And buddy, I never had any problems. You can look at my old report card. Jen found one. Same problem then that I got today. Todd needs to learn how to listen more than he talks. I guess God had tooled me early before I knew it that I'm going to use this man to preach one day. Amen. Amen. Once you get me rolling and talking, I'm going to talk to the cows come home. That's what my teacher said. If he'd spend more time listening and less time talking to other people, he would probably do better in school. <laughs> My old pappy said, we need to hide and watch this. And we watched those families because, you know, as a young, a young, young buck, you know, about 13, 14, well, Dad, they might have a point. Maybe they see something. Dad said, well, I'm sorry, not for them, <laughs> that you might think that, but you follow me. I'm your father. You're going to do what I say. And we're going to hide and watch this, okay? And we did. And I got news for you. Those kids didn't turn out better for God. Matter of fact, more than half of them are out of church, living a drunkard's life, doing nothing on God. So those parents' ways, sitting in a Bible-believing church, parted ways. They looked down their noses at our family because we were homeschooled. Parted ways with the friend of God. Lot! I don't think he considered the cost of parting ways with the friend of God. I got news for you, and I was thinking about this. If my father and I, my brothers, were sitting in a, another church that we'd never been, for, been before, if my dad happens to get up and walk out, you can rest assured I'm not sticking around to ask questions. I'm following him out. Why? He's the friend of God. Ain't parting ways. He might be seeing something I have not seen, missed. Lot would have done better to shared some cattle, maybe sold some cattle, and stayed with Abram. But then the second thing I see that Lot did not consider the cost of that decision was leaving the house of God. He says he left Bethel. That's where they were at. And Bethel is the house of God. And if you look there in verse 1, he says, And Abram went up. That's the direction you want to go. You went up. So when Lot left, he went down to the well-watered plains of Jordan. That's the wrong direction, folks. And by the way, going east is the wrong direction too. He says he struck out east. That's the wrong direction. You want to head west. I'm not going to preach on that. But directions are important in the Bible. And he chose to leave Bethel. He didn't think twice about leaving over a little strife. 
All of a sudden he jumps up and says, you know, I'm just not going to tolerate this out of you, Abraham. I'm not going to tolerate this, uh, that your cows are eating my cows' grass, and that's my grass. Why didn't he have that problem with the Canaanites? He didn't think twice. If you was to study your Bible, let me give you about five things that Lot never did. And you need, you need to check them up in your lives, fathers. Lot never made an altar. You'll never find in this Bible where Lot had family altar. Never made an altar. It was Abraham that built the altar. Abraham built a number of altars because Abraham put God first in his life. And by the way, that was one of the reasons we didn't get involved in sports. Not that we couldn't. Dad says church will always have the first priority. Don't even ask. I like somebody shared one of those, what is it, a meme, a mime, something there. It says, tell your child's baseball coach that you're going to have to miss a couple of games due to church and see if he takes it just as graciously as your pastor does when you tell him that they're going to have to miss some church for baseball. You know what that was? That's one of my phrases that I like. You want to find out what's inside of somebody? Bump into them a little bit. Bump into them just a little bit. Not hard, I just mean maybe use the word no a couple of times and from. See how they respond to that thing. You'll find out real quick what kind of devil's in there. I, I've learned that. Sometimes I wished I hadn't in these last ten years. <laughs> Lot never had an altar, never made one. Lot had flocks and herds and tents and service, but he didn't call on God. You won't find Lot praying to God. So he didn't pray. Lot did not sacrifice to God. Lot never took one of his animals and put it on the altar. He was not a giving person is what I'm saying. He was a taker. And Lot did not tithe. He did not believe in tithing. Remember when Abraham come back there from going to war to go get Lot because when Lot got into Sodom they got conquered and took everything they had and Abram went to go get them and Melchizedek met them. Abram gave tithes and that's a 10% of all that he had. Lot never did. Lot never gave anything to God. Consider that. The Bible says there in 2 Timothy consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And that would be my prayer to us today. Is you need to consider what I'm saying this morning from the word of God. And then the Lord give you understanding in all things. And we need as fathers to be considering of the decisions that we make. He left Bethel behind. Lot was not a flourishing Christian. He never flourished after he leaves the house of God. I don't think he considered the cost of leaving church. House of God. This is our house of God. And you've heard me say over and over again. It's not that we might not have a little strife or a disagreement. But can't we sit down over biscuits and gravy and a little coffee and talk it out? 
I mean, this, this generation gets mad and marches out, throws their tail up like a white-tailed deer and snort and walk off and leave the house of God, everything they know, and never looks back and says goodbye to nobody. There's something wrong with that. And they have more in common with Lot than they do Abraham. Lot was not a flourishing Christian because this is one thing you've got to have to be a flourishing Christian. The Bible says in Psalms 92, those that be planted, that's rooted. Membership. Member. In the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. Maybe that's why I'm fat. Maybe I just got some Bible on why your preacher is fat. Because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. Especially when we're having biscuits and gravy. He said they shall be fat and flourishing. I'm definitely flourishing. <laughs> Y'all was trying to get me to eat more and more because then you'd know. Because I'd have to take a couple of breaths. I'd have to preach shorter. And sweeter because my, my belly's full and I'm happy and I didn't fall for it. I told Jenny, you load one of those trays up with biscuits and gravy. Everything get in there and take it home. I'll be eating that for lunch as soon as the preaching's done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pappy says, you don't want to fill up before you got to preach. You wait till after you preach and then you can eat. Enjoy. Amen. I took that literally. <laughs> Lord said, yeah, you're like one of those little horses. You get a horse that eats too much and they get founder. And you ain't good for nothing. My grandpa used to tell me that. He'd say, you don't want to eat too much. He says, you'll founder like one of them little horses. And I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm like one of them little ponies. Ponies are bad for it. You don't want to overfeed them things. They, hooves grow all, all out and they're just mean and ornery. And they got little pot bellies on them. Kind of like mine. This mean founder. Lot. Now, Lot, last point. I firmly believe that Lot did not consider the cost of pitching his tent towards Sodom. That's what the Bible says here. It says he pitched towards Sodom. Now, what that means is it meant that when he set his tent up, that the front door, the view was towards that city of Sodom. You see, he was leaning more liberal than he was conservative. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, preacher, don't you go there. I'm just telling you what the Bible's saying. I mean, there's just more than one way to say something. There's more than one way to skin a cat if you want to try to do that. Maybe skin a fish or catfish or something like that. His tent door was facing to see Sodom. And I threw this in here. You're heading in the direction you're facing. It's not complicated. Well, I wonder what direction so-and-so's headed in their life. The direction they're facing. That's where they're heading. You could also say, before people bow out, they put their turn signal on. Yeah, Amen. I mean, I've seen it once, I've seen it a hundred times. People get in, got on fire for God, and all of a sudden they started missing. And they just got her missing, hitting, missing a little bit. And, and they, they get a little something under their crawl. You say, what is that? That's a turn signal. They're signaling. 
They're heading in the direction they're leaning, which is out. <laughs> but buddy, they got a lot of tolerance for the world, don't they? You see, Lot made a choice. He was going to separate from conservative Abraham. You know, he didn't have enough socialization there at Bethel, the house of God, the friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. It means he spent some time talking with him. Lot didn't like that. My kitties need a little socialization. I've heard that so many times. I've even had a person tell me, well, your children... You, they need to be able to be engrossed into the wickedness of the world so they can learn how to spot the con and the wickedness. Now, I got news for you. You wouldn't treat your dog like that. You know you wouldn't. You get a little puppy. And if you don't think I'm, I'm all right, take your little puppy and kick him out in a four-lane highway and say, well, let's let him get exposed to traffic. If he gets hit, he'll learn. That cars hurt. And if he can live through the process, well, he, what doesn't kill you always makes you stronger. Oh, come on. That's silly. And you wouldn't treat your own animals that way. You wouldn't treat your little bunnies that way, would you? Oh, you're going to feed them. You're going to try to nurture them. You wouldn't, you wouldn't treat kittens like that. You would feed them. You'd make sure they had what they... You, you don't throw them out into the hot sun and set them in a pen with a bunch of cats, do you? Why would we do our children that way? Oh, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. Somebody's not considering the cost of their decisions. And Lot... He chose to separate from Abraham, from Bethel. He wanted to live with and embrace as brethren. The Bible says he calls the men of Sodom brethren. That's where you get the word Sodomite. Sodom is where it come from. That's what was going on down there. They, they had pride month all, month all year long down there. That's what was going on. And God says it was wicked, wicked, wicked. And Abraham and Lot, I'm sure, had conversations about it being wicked. But Lot just didn't think so. And so he embraced them as brethren. He had total tolerance for the liberal wickedness, but zero tolerance for conservative, separated Abraham. You know, I see that going on today. Not, I see it going on in the people, but I see it going on in pastors and pulpits. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a lot of preachers taking the name Baptist off their churches now because they don't like where the separation and the strong fundamentals of the truth stand for and why some of them got liberal, no good, wicked sons and daughters that are in liberal churches. And they have all the tolerance in the world for that, but zero tolerance for good old-fashioned preachers still preaching the truth of the Word of God. And yes... You show me a preacher that stands true on the Word of God and the principle of the Word of God, and yep, they will be a little odd. They'll have something about them that could rub certain people the wrong way. Probably. 
Well, let me put it to you like this. One of the things you need to ask yourself and consider when you want to call the fire down on one of those men, you need to ask yourself, does God consider him a friend? Mm. I'd be asking that question and considering that. Because if God's considering him a friend and God considered Abraham a friend, Lot would have done well to say, you know what? <laughs> I know my old, old uncle Abraham, he's a little... I've heard my dad's brothers and sisters, I've heard other people in churches, I won't name them, I've heard them say it. Well, you know those gabbards. You know those gabbards. Oh, those gabbards. You know, they, they, they believe in good old-fashioned separation. They, they, they believe, they, they believe in, in order in the church. They just won't let nobody do whatever. You know, they don't believe in chaos. They don't believe in anarchy. They, they believe in structure, and they believe in God, and they believe in the principles of God, and they believe in separation. They believe in dressing right, and looking right, and smelling right. You know those gabbards? Yeah. But we're still at Bethel. By the grace of God. But they're not. You know where they're at? You know where their families are at? They're down in Sodom. Justifying it. Lot was a social drinker. Yeah. It wasn't that he got stone drunk. He's just a social drinking. He, was, he didn't think there was nothing wrong with it. You see where you get that? Out of Luke 17, about verse 28, the Bible says, As it was in the days of Lot. Oh, he's talking about Lot, the Laodicean Christian, the compromising Christian. He was eating, he was drinking, he was buying, he was selling, he was marrying, and giving his children in marriage, and he knew not until God destroyed Sodom. I bet you Lot never considered the cost of a little social drinking. You do understand Lot ended up in a cave, drunk, fathering two children by his daughters. Yeah, he was inconsiderate. He thought little sins would never lead to big sins. Moms and dads and dads especially, and moms and mimis and papas, these children look up to you. They want to be like you. They want to act like you. And you need to consider how you act and what you do. Because if you're a social drinker, they'll be a drunk. If you're a casual drug user, they'll be an addict. Because, again, my old pappy, I asked him one day, Dad, why did you raise us with no TV in the home? I wanted to know. Because he had a TV, he's got one now. That's a hypocrite what I wanted to say. Dad said, I'll tell you why I didn't raise you kids with TV. 
I knew, I, I knew where the off button was. I ain't going to watch something inappropriate. But I knew you didn't know. And I didn't want to come home from work every day and see you all in front of that thing. I wanted you to socialize with your brothers and sisters. <laughs> Playing. Doing your chores. Learning how to get along and working out your difficulties. Not being appeased by something that's brainwashing you. And you didn't know it. His dad said, I knew that if I was wrong on that, I was going to err on the side of right, knowing that you would probably slide a little to the left, but then you'd still be balanced for God. Wow. Somebody had done some considering on that thing. That's some pretty good thinking. Some pretty good thinking. What I'm saying is we need to be considerate fathers. Consider the cost of our actions. Let me give you this. The cost of inconsiderate decisions. Leaving Bethel, he never prospered again. Having a strife with Abram over some grass and some cows and then giving it away. He lost the whole herd, the flocks, the tents. He never, he's living in a cave, not a tent no more. When he went to Sodom. Leaving God's friend, Abraham, he never had no other real friends. It wasn't the Canaanites or the Sodomites that come to save him. It was that old, fuddy-duddy, conservative, separated Abraham who had an army of trained men. Oh, some discipline. Living in Sodom, he lost his wife and his other children because they would not leave Sodom. Remember, his wife turned to salt because she turned back to go to Sodom. I wonder if Lot had to do it again if he would have chose you know what? I'm just not leaving, Abraham. Run my cows in with your cows. I don't care. We'll brand them. Duh. Duh. Social drinking led to fathering two children with his daughters in a cave while in a drunken stupor. I pray that as fathers we consider the cost of our decisions. Consider what I say. And the Lord give the understanding in all things. Let us all stand this morning. Help us to be considerate fathers. Help us to be more like Abram. Less like Lot. Lot chose the broad way. He chose the easy way. He was saved. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching lot lost. Now, I would if I had not had the scripture on it. But he was saved. But he's the perfect definition of what the Bible says over there in 1 Corinthians 3. He was saved so as by fire. Matter of fact, his garment's still going to smell like smoke through all eternity because of the fire. 
meaning everything else burn up but him. Lot was an inconsiderate father. Let us not be inconsiderate as fathers. 